Few are taught the fundamentals of finance and money management in school. This limited series podcast tackles the basics all students need to know to become financially independent. Made by students, for students. On this episode, we sat down with Alexandre Blanc. Alex is a student at Concordia University who currently works at the National Bank of Canada as an analyst. He also has a YouTube channel dedicated to financial literacy called 5 Minutes or Less Essential Finance. Welcome to episode 5 of the Money Class Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Money Class Podcast. My name is Costa and this is episode 5 already. How's everyone doing? <laughs> I'm great. Good, hey Costa. So yeah, um, Mark, introduce yourself and uh, we'll jump right in. We have a guest at the, in, in, for this episode, so that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, so, 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 glad, so glad to have you guys here. It is the, uh, the holidays episode, so that, that is why the explanation is <laughs> why we do have our, uh, our, our, our red and, and, uh, and the white Christmas hats. Um, it, is our, it is our holiday episode, so, and, and you know, for that we have a surprise, which is Alex. Alexander Blanc, he's a student, um, he's actually a, a, good, a good friend of mine from, uh, from Concordia studying finance as well. And uh, he's very involved in the finance community, both on his professional life, but also, you know, personally, whether it be through his social media platforms, his YouTube, um, his YouTube channel, and, and just, you know, things like this, where he'll, he'll just enjoy chatting about finance for the next 40 minutes with us. So Alex, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself more than, more, more than what, I, what I did, and then we'll, we'll hop into uh, the episode. Well, well you pretty much uh, wrapped it all up there. That's, I, I don't think anything else needs to be said, but... Uh... I definitely appreciate the warm welcome. I I appreciate being here. It's an honor. So thank you so much for inviting me. No worries. And the first guest, so uh, so we'll make it count. <laughs> well, I'm really the first guest here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex thought this was some high production. Uh... <laughs> Cut the camera too. No I'm joking. <laughs> oh, it's an honor. Today today sponsored by. <laughs> Yeah, five, no, minutes no, no, no. five minutes. Yeah, my parents want <laughs> the connection. Uh, <laughs> so, Gossett, um, so you have uh, a question? Yeah, I have a question, and I want to start with this because I think this pretty much, uh, I think this is the motivation for like a lot of what you do. From what I, I I see, you write on your LinkedIn bio that you're working to make the world a better place, and you're committed to inspiring others uh, to actualize their ideas, right? And yeah. my question is why. Is that so important? And what are you doing to make it happen now? Or how are you planning to make it happen? That's a great question. I think that's a bit of a life goal that's going to be a constant during the whole rest of my life. So, you know, it's obviously a work in progress. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of taking this goal step by step. Uh, but the number one thing right now would be um, helping others through uh, my YouTube channel, obviously. It's, it's a bit of a cliche and everything, but financial literacy is uh, something that I've always been an educator. Um, w- like when I was 16 years old, I was a swimming teacher. And then after, uh, and I started tutoring at 14 as well. And I've kept on doing those things ever since. And so teaching is something that's really uh, uh, dear to me. And I always love um, basically helping people grow uh, I think there is no greater joy than that, especially now during the holidays. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I, I want to I wanna do my part in the world and it's starting with my YouTube channel. So eventually, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had my whole life planned out in a bunch of tiers. And so <laughs> right now I'm doing what I can, but obviously I'm a student. I have a lot of work and priorities and this and that. But, you know, part of what I want to do down the line is uh, 
you know, perhaps something more with more of an emphasis on uh, maybe helping the environment or social justice or something like that. Obviously, this, these are huge guidelines, but uh, but that's kind of the direction I'm headed in. And uh, even though it is cliche, I am sticking true to it. And I really mean it when I do say it. Well, yeah. Well, you want to, you know, you want to leave the, the world a better place than it was when you got there. And it's the same when you go camping, right? Campground rules, you you leave it as good or better as when, as, as when you arrive. Um, but it's yeah. also a question of, you know, you lifting the tide at the same time, right? Exactly. So we can, we can always be seeking to be, you know, the, 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 the fastest, the most successful, the, the, the smartest, this, but if you lift the tide and everyone, and you bring up your peers with you and you bring your surrounding, you know, that's going to be impacting you, you know, better in, in every single way, more than you'll be able to do by yourself. Absolutely. Because like at the end of the day, what is success if you're living it alone? It's, it's, Really, success is shared with everyone. That's how you really. Uh, That's so true. Life, in my opinion, anyways. It's well, what you're saying there, especially, it's 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 about community building. If you really think about it, you know, when you when you're helping someone, whether it's through like teaching or through, uh, I, I don't know, just connecting with them in any way. You you're connecting with them by by. It, it's very much about say, telling the story. And then at the end of the day, finding like common ground through that story and finding like similarities. And I think that's what, you know, making the world a better place, which you're, you're saying it's like that, that whole idea is a cliche, but I think it's about community building if we do it successfully. And mm -hmm. that's really yeah. important. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm really happy with exactly. what you're saying there. It's, it's really and good. Just to, just to add one small thing that from what you were saying is, uh, I, I have this philosophy and I, and I say to everyone I meet all the time <laughs> and it's, I can only go upwards. So obviously, you know, in the meantime, you have failures, but every single, you know, experience that you go through, uh, you know, in the long term, it's, it's going to be an upward trajectory. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how to elaborate on that, but it's, it's basically like, I always want to do better, you know, that you, you're yeah. not going to just stop yourself at and be content with what you have. I think inertia is like one of the worst things. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's positive, like, like a, inertia, inertia brings you forward. No, right. You have a good inertia. You're working hard. You're, 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 you're studying, you're, you're, and then this is, it's pushing you to continue. And what, what, I'm, what, do you, what do you mean? Inertia is, is a, okay. What does like, that mean? When I, when I say inertia, I mean like, well, like in science, like the definition of inertia is like something that if you don't add a force to it, it's just going to stay as it, as it is, right? Mm -hmm. That's the definition of inertia. And so like, basically in my life, I'm trying to combat inertia. I'm trying to always be in movement and mm -hmm. always try to create and advance forward and, and only go upwards, you know? It's, uh, it's that. Great. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, well, I was going to say it's that growth mindset. It's like, even if you have something bad happen to you or you think you're like moving backwards, uh, I think that, that there's like something to learn from that and it's just going to push you forward like in the future, right? Growth mindset, self-improvement, that's what it's all about. So for sure. CEO mentality. <laughs> <laughs> CEO mentality. Of course. Yeah, no, no that's, that's great. And, and, you know, you're saying, you're saying about moving forward and by always, you know, always going above and beyond, but also helping others. And, and over the summer, if I'm not mistaken, or at least, you know, during the first uh, COVID quarantine, you started a YouTube channel, five minutes or less essential finance. Um, could you kind of walk us through exactly what, what, what you're doing and, and what was the process of starting? Cause that's usually the hardest part, right? The inertia to, to begin. Uh, so, so, you know, what is that you're doing and, and, and how was 
you know, how did the idea come about and were you thinking about it for, for so long um, before actually starting or how about you give us a bit of back, backstory about that? No, definitely. Uh, well, first of all, uh, maybe just to give a bit of background, I, I've always been involved in, on the YouTube side of things. So this is uh, something that maybe I should not say online, but I, um, I used to own a Call of Duty YouTube channel back when I was like 12. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that's yeah. really cool. It's gaming. Name, yeah. It, I'm not saying the name, but it's somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to find it now. <laughs> yeah, or somebody might expose me like a friend or something. But anyways, it's... Um, I used to make a lot of like Call of Duty montages, like with music and everything. So the whole editing process is something that I was always familiar with. And I was always really inspired by these YouTubers. I just, I just always thought it was so interesting how they could create lifestyles based off of making videos on YouTube. I -hmm. love the whole creative side of it and the freedom also. Like that's something that really attracted me and inspired me. So YouTube to begin with has been something that has like pretty much always been on my mind. And, uh, and so, you know, obviously the call of duty thing didn't uh, really pan out, but, uh, you know, I started with that and, you know, eventually, you know, you grow up and you, you know, I sold my PS4, uh, two years ago and, you know, I'm not really, I don't really play video games anymore, but that whole side of it always sort of stayed in the back of my mind. And so, Basically, when when the pandemic came, you know, obviously, I think it it changed everyone's lives, you know, and for me, especially, I had a lot of free time and I'm the kind of person who always wants to have something on the go at all times. And, you know, usually with school and everything, it was it was filling up my my schedule. But uh, but when the pandemic hit, I had a lot of free time and I was thinking, wow, maybe I should create something. Uh, so that was, uh, that's basically the whole backstory, the, the, the creation behind my, my, my channel, but, uh, so you were always active, you were always active in YouTube. You just, you were kind of going back, you were, you did your call of duty stuff and then you stopped and then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden you have time and you said, well, let me do something. So you took the initiative and, and, and you kind of took the lemon and, and made lemonade out of it. <laughs> exactly. Very well said. Right? Yeah. And, well, it, and from it, the fabrics you could, sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. I just said it had been a few years, though. So, like, I, I wasn't making Call of Duty yeah. videos uh, right before. Like, I stopped probably uh, in Sec 4 or something like that. Well, that's what's interesting, though. When you came back uh, uh, this year, you decided to do it on finance. Five-minute or less finance essential. Is that right? Is that what it's called? Essential finance. Essential finance. Yeah. Um, and... and, and you know, part of part of what motivated me to start this channel, specifically five minutes or less, is um, well, I get a lot of my sources and a lot of my financial education comes from YouTube, as has always been for a bunch of other things as well, like lifestyle and you know mindset kind of things, and you know back then Call of Duty. But uh, I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos, and especially during the beginning of the pandemic. And I just kept getting frustrated because every single life, every like single 20 video, minutes long, huh? Yeah, they're all 20 minutes. <laughs> they're long. Exactly. They're all, they all like never end. They're amazing, but they never end. It's, it's like, that, I have to dedicate eight hours and four hours of my day to watch like six <laughs> videos. Exactly. And who has time for that? 
So that's basically the inspiration for five minutes or less specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I have not necessarily stuck to it, but that's, I, I, st I still stick with it with the mentality though. So even though my video is 10 minutes, it's packed. And like the intro isn't longer than like 30 seconds. So. Yeah, but that's what you want. You want it to be, you know, relevant information and, uh, and, you know, straight to the point. And I think that's, that, that's really cool, but that's also a challenge that you give for yourself, right? Yeah. It's when you, um, when you give yourself a time constraint or you say, I want to be able to give out a message in five or 10 minutes, whatever it is. And you have, you know, this much information to fill in. Well, you get to take off all, all, you know, all the flutter, you take off everything that's the, all, all the fat and you just given the good part, right? And you write that down, you draft it and then you record it. And then all of a sudden you've got a five minute video that's just jam packed and you come out of it, you know, as a, you know, as, as, as an audience, as someone who watched it, I'm as like, oh, wow, I really learned a lot in the few minutes that I was, that I was watching it. Yeah. I think that's, it's a really hard process though, I have to say. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, there's just so much good information. You just want to put it all in there. You want to create like a, a very all-encompassing review of a stock or whatever. And especially if you're, you know, especially if you're investing in it, like you want to instill confidence in the people in your, in your audience. And so you want to basically mm -hmm. like give your full thesis around the stock. And that's really hard to do under five minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the beauty of having it be five minutes or 10 minutes long, the, the shortness of it, it makes it accessible to more people, right? So you're reaching a, a bigger audience and, and you can you can impact more people's lives. I think that's how I would see it too, right? Yeah. And part part of the whole thing for me is also efficiency. So, you know, I've, I've streamlined a lot of processes. Like, as you've seen, a lot of my videos have the same sort of intros, the same sort of conclusions, a lot of, so basically like, I don't have a bunch of different files every time I edit. I just re-edit over every single hmm. video. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you'll see a lot of memes and GIFs and backgrounds and things. And it's just, that's, that's basically how I've sort of like gotten to streamline the process, make it a lot more efficient. Because I'm all about okay. efficiency. And that's kind of like yeah. the first <laughs> well, There's I a think lot. Sorry, go ahead. I, oh, uh, well, go, are you, you were going to finish. Sorry, I interrupted you there. I was going to go into a whole other tangent, but go ahead. <laughs> no, because I just wanted to say you're you're essentially teaching people about the business world, and at the same time, you're almost starting your own little business. I so am. it it is it is as much of a process for you as it is for people when they're watching a video and trying to learn about a topic. So I think that's beautiful. So Thank yeah, you. that's something to think about. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I know. Um, I I just want to bring it back though to like finance and the way you're, you're delivering the information. And I'm sure when you started, because uh, I, I have my own YouTube channel. And when I started, there's a lot of kind of doubt and insecurity that goes around, like, you know, about making these videos because you are putting yourself out there and uh, not just necessarily putting yourself out there, but putting your creation out there. I'm sure even though you weren't using your voice in the beginning, um, there was, there was still difficulty just releasing a video because maybe you, 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 you know, it just goes with, you have your bar is here and you're making videos and sometimes you feel like you're not reaching that bar of like perfectionism. Is that absolutely. And I definitely feel like that bar has increased over time, mm -hmm. especially because you see which videos do well, which videos do ba badly. And you know, that it, what, what are the things that sometimes people catch on and they're like, ew, that was disgusting. And it's not necessarily <laughs> easy to take uh, criticism, you know, mm -hmm. but as I said, I, I only want to go upwards. So, so matters. Yeah. 
And and I guess you want to go upwards, um, and and so do the stocks that you want to invest in in your uh, in your portfolio. And that kind <laughs> of <laughs> quite the transition. What a, what a transition, Mark. <laughs> and I, was, I love it. I'm and I was it. wondering, you know, what is your process? You know, how do you find? You know, because you're, you know, if anyone knows, you like finding these stocks that are undervalued or yeah. that are that are like you know fifty million dollar market caps, um, <laughs> and. And but but you know you say there's a possibility of it to go 10x right and and yeah. and you know a lot of people know Apple and Tesla and Amazon yeah um, but not a lot of people know you know the, the companies that you you kind of present so I was wondering you know what is your process how do you find these good companies and then do you scrap a lot of them that that you that you come across or would you um or or do you still do a video even if you're even if you find that your company isn't as interesting. Absolutely. I mean, look, even just last week, I was doing an analysis on this company and I was just looking and I wrote the whole script, everything. And the more I was looking into it, I was like, wow, this is a crap investment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, what's hilarious is yesterday it popped 40 percent. But oh, awkward. that's with that's awkward. Time. Yeah, exactly. Kind of awkward. But then again, I looked into it and there's no need to make sense. There's no reason why it did. So at the same time, that kind of makes me feel better. Um, hold on. What was your question again? No, so how do you, how do you find the companies? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How do I find good stocks? Well, first, well, the number one thing is I'm just connected with, you know, I'm very exposed to this whole industry, to this industry as a whole. So whether, you know, it's starting with my whole YouTube community, but it's also the people I know personally, we talk about it all the time. Like I am very much invested in this whole world, right? It is a world in itself, you know, you can sort of argue, but you know, part, so to, to give you a more specifics, I get a lot of sources from one YouTube uh, mm -hmm. and I don't only look at the big YouTubers. I like the small ones because they're the ones who, you know, who find those little gems that, uh, you know, well, the more, the more, the more people you follow, the more chances you are, the more chances you have of, of falling onto some, uh, onto a gem basically. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do follow a lot of YouTubers, probably around 20, 20. Uh, I don't watch all of their videos, but, uh, usually what I do is I I'll, I'll click on a video. I'll skip to the last like two or three minutes. I'll get the gist of it. And then if it is something that interests me, then I'll watch the whole video. And you'll go back and you'll watch the entire thing. Yeah. And then maybe I'll consider uh, making a whole video on it. So, okay. yeah, there's YouTube. That's number one. Number two is Twitter. Twitter is a huge source. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there, it's the same thing. I follow all of those YouTubers, plus a lot of people who are more specifically just on Twitter. Okay. Um, and then there's Instagram. And uh, and I also work at, uh, at a bank in wealth management. So that kind of helps as well. So you're exposed to kind of from everywhere. So it's really a holistic, it's really like um, all, all encompassing, you know, about your personality and about the person who you are, because it's something that you're just, it's just natural, right? It's natural to get all these, all these sources because you're just kind of, you're all, it, it's all, well, you're tired, not your entire day, but a lot of your day is structured around, around this, this, this idea about this world. Exactly. And it's always an ongoing conversation. Every, you know, every, everything that you do, I mean, I, I see finance everywhere. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, like when you're talking to someone and they, and they tell you like, oh, I, I just found out this is the most awesome pair of soccer shoes. Well, okay. right off the bat in my head, I'm thinking, oh, this person really likes these soccer shoes. 
Well, that makes me think that probably another 100,000 people think these soccer, soccer shoes are awesome. So let's see, is this a public company? That's how, that's how you could find good jobs. Okay, that's good. That's, like, that's how like, mm-hmm. Crocs, that's... I think, started, right? I think uh, Crocs was, was able to surge at the beginning when it was starting because all of a sudden people noticed that, oh my God, there's this incredible product. Why isn't anyone caught onto it? Yeah, exactly. And so the be- your, your, your biggest insider secret is your own life, actually. Like that you don't so need insider trading. So every single person is exposed to thousands of products a day. And, you know, it's up to you to, to, to spot which are the ones that are going to be uh, successful. And you can actually tell. There's a lot of them, like just from personal experience, this restaurant chain you know is going to be successful. Or this yeah. was the best pizza you ever had. And then maybe you can even talk to the owner or you just see the, the way that they treat their customers and this and that. And these are all little cues, even though we're not talking about finance specifically. It is something that can indicate, you know, that, that can bring you to the next 10x, 100x investment. Okay. So you're really yeah, just thinking, you're, you're, you're really taking a step back and you're looking at, okay, something. this is something that I like. So probably someone else likes it. And if that means... Then, then you're onto something, right? Yeah. I guess same with an idea, with a business idea, um, whether it be you know with, with stock, but like you said, with the restaurants, right? If you know, if I this restaurant that everyone loves going to, and there's always a line up in front, well, maybe that's a maybe it's a reason that the business is doing well, and maybe they may expand, and or maybe they close down if there's no one ever going in it, right? So, exactly. so it's, well, I think it's I, to be I wanted receptive. to dig deeper. I wanted to dig deeper know. in that because you said, uh, like you're, you both said this, but it's really about looking at your life, seeing what people are really uh, messing with, what people are really engaging with. And then you can go deeper into like the actual companies behind the products or services. And I think even with businesses, you know, uh, a lot of people say that, you know, businesses is about identifying a problem you have in your life or, you know, you see in the world and finding a solution to that problem. Right. So all of that kind of goes together. And I really like what you say, where it's really about checking what you think in your life, uh, what problem there is in your life or, what, what you find that is really engaging to you and kind of learning more about it. Always asking why, what, who, you know, all of that stuff. That's so true. Exactly. <laughs> Investing is for people who are curious. If you want to be successful, you have to be curious. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, you have to ask the questions. But with, and, that, but with that, I have a question. What would you say is then the biggest misconception about investing in the finance world, business and all of that stuff? Well, I think a lot of people, that, that's a good question. I think a lot of people uh, would say that finance is boring. And mm. I definitely agree uh, to a certain extent. But as with anything, it's what you do with it that determines whether or not it's boring mm-hmm. for you. And uh, the way I see finance is not necessarily the end goal. For me, finance is a tool. And so what I see behind all of these numbers, I see a company, you know, I see, uh, I see a, you know, what's going behind this, what the factory, the workers, you know, all the work that they're putting into something. And so a lot of people think of finance and they just think of this person, like who's sitting at a computer and just typing numbers, like linking Excel sheets and doing all of these, those are boring. Like, I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. <laughs> like not all my finance classes are fun. Actually, I much even prefer. I'm taking. I'm doing a psychology minor. I much prefer my psychology minor than my finance minor. Why? <laughs> but what I love about finance is that it just explains the real world and 
people, uh, you know, people should not necessarily see it as something that's so boring and so negative. Like it, it's, it's a tool. It's, it's actually, uh, it's yeah. all around you all the time. Everything you see is made out of finance. finance yeah. And, you know, whether you want it or not, it's, it's going to be in your life as well. You're going to have to get a mortgage. You're going to have to do your own budget, your financials. And, you know, the, the sooner you get to learn about these things, the more you'll be able to make uh, informed decisions and ultimately, you know, become more successful down the line. Yeah. No, that's true. And I think that's like, uh, uh, both Costa and I were part of Penny Drops um, at Concordia and actually Costa and the national team. Um, but that's really a void that, that I'm noticing more and more um, in, in the world that we live in, right? It's the fact that the financial literacy is, seems to not be present in most cases. And, and you know, we're, we're, I'm all, you know my, my bubble is obviously very finance-oriented, very business, you know, very academic, because that's the path that I've chosen for myself. And, and that's one that obviously you've chosen for yourself as well, right? You, all your peers talk about investing in stocks and different, you know, you know, just, just the, just numbers. Right. And I find it's really too bad that the education system hasn't found a way to integrate this in traditional academia. And you have to resort to, you know, podcasts and, and, and penny drops and YouTube in order to get what should be based knowledge. And, and I find that very, yeah. you know, I find it unfortunate, but I also find it an opportunity for, for, you know, for, for, for us all. Right. You know, there's these inc- I have incredible friends. I have incredible friends who are, you know, whether it be they're in, they're in law school or in med school or, or they're, you know, taking, in, you know, international business classes, not necessarily finance linked or whatever, or, or, or marketing or, or arts or literature. You know, I have these incredible friends, um, you know, very, very brilliant, but have no financial education. And it's yeah. like, you know, where are all these, you know, what's going to happen in a few years when they're going to have, you know, a salary coming in and, and hopefully a good salary, but also, you know, start planning, you know, for, for family, for, you know, maybe plan, you know, 40 years in advance for retirement because compound interest is a beautiful thing. So the earlier you start, the better you're going to be set up for the future. And I, and I find it unfortunate that we haven't made that a number one priority with, you know, with our biology classes, with our chemistry classes, with our literature and our French and our music classes, you know, to, to build, uh, you know, to, to, to build a complete um, citizen of, of the world, you have to know how money works. Because at the end of the day, that's kind of what's driving, you know, businesses. And that's what's driving your, 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 your salary, which putting a, a roof over your head is money, whether or not you, you like it or not. Um, and you don't have to be fixated on that 24-7 and, and you shouldn't. Um, and I think that's another problem that people are looking at their stock portfolio every single day being, oh, I've, I've yeah. lost 5%. <laughs> oh, I gained 5%. It's yeah. a terrible drug. It is. Don't do yeah. it. <laughs> because, you're good, because you get emotional, right? So a bit of volatility now is, is, is like, oh, I just lost $10,000. Well, you didn't actually lose anything. It's, it's all unrealized. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I and just want to say that's, that was one of the big reasons. Personally, I, I came into university uh, majoring in English literature. And then I decided to do a double major by adding economics uh, to my studies, because exactly like what Mark just said, and what you just said, it's like, that is very much so such a big part of our lives and so influential that you kind of need it. And it's not being taught in schools. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to add that it's uh, maybe for those who are watching uh, or listening, maybe consider adding a minor or maybe adding a major in like a, a business field like finance or economics or something like that. I think it could be very beneficial. 
But one thing that's for certain is that if you're listening to the podcast, you're already on the right track. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and you subscribe, you'll subscribe to Alex's YouTube channel after, so then you'll be two, you'll be two steps ahead. <laughs> you'll get to uh, tag along the journey. <laughs> no, but it's true. You know, it, it's an all-encompassing, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's part of our everyday lives and it's something that, 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 that dictates, you know, our lifestyles and, you know, where we, how we end up having retirement because, if you work, you know, 40 years in a field and, and you never really started saving or you started saving a few years after, you, met, you, you could have been the best worker, the, the smartest person. But, but then you have, at the end, you retire, you have, you know, little amount in your, in your bank account. And I think that's a scary proposition. And I find that, you know, I find that very scary. And I hope that no one, I hope, you know, no one of our generation is going to be, is going to have to be faced with that because we have all the tools at our disposal. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing, the stuff that people tell me. Well, obviously, like, I want to be supportive. I want to help them. But it just blows my mind, you know? Like, this is stuff that you should know, you know? Like, and I'll be glad to teach it to you. But, you know, it just, it's crazy. Like, last week, yeah. uh, we just sold the condo that we live in right now. So we won't be getting this view in a few months. But, uh, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, last week, I, I taught my mom about mortgages. She did not know about leverage. Uh, she did not know about interest rates. You know, and I was explaining, well, this is what you could do, you could buy a duplex, you can rent half of it. And that amount will pay for the, you know, the rent, the money that you'll get from rent will pay for your mortgage. You know, and, and, and by doing that, you'll be able to afford a nicer home. You know, you'll have mm. so much money, this, you'll have X amount of dollars in your bank account and that money will be in you can invest that money you know yeah. you, mortgage mortgage rates have never been this low you know you could probably get a mortgage for like 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 even one, less one, than two percent like yeah one and a half yeah, yeah it's like absolutely like you can easily beat that in the stock market especially if you're following my uh stock picks but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but i but i think it's also a question of delayed gratification right you know as yeah. as, as humans we want to now we, we, we want we want now but the, the more we delay i think that the greater the pot that you know the pot at the end of the the, the, the rainbow is going to be absolutely I didn't. and you know, she was looking at mortgage and she she was scared about it she said because that's debt i don't want to have debt and there was a huge misconception around it. i said look you could even if you wanted you could put the money Mitch, from the condo, you could put it in a in a in a bond or whatever some some safe canadian bond or whatever and you'll make more than your mortgage so mm -hmm. you know well yeah it, it it doesn't take much in order to 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 do a bit more than what's well, like you know student line of credit which you could take out at prime plus one percent i think for for like a business and i think if you're like in med or law it's like prime minus something exactly um, and, and prime being one in what's prime like one in the high ones, uh, so so there's like all these as soon as you dig a bit deep inside and you're a bit interested, there's 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 a lot of opportunity that could be that could be had. Um, but for people who don't have, you know who have like limited knowledge about you know investing in stocks um, and have limited time and maybe don't want to put in all the time that that one may take you know to do the fundamental analysis and to be looking at you know to to to, to be looking at you know what their competitors are and what's good in the market. You know, how would you recommend this person kind of go about, you know, investing and saving? Um, Cause Charles and I have a very, you know, we have a, we have a very similar approach. I was wondering what you would, you would be uh, where that you would see this. Yeah. I've had a lot of people approach me who don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge. And what I tell them is, look, 
you know, individual stock picking is not for everyone. It's a, it's a niche and you really do need to have a bit more knowledge to be able to do that mm-hmm. uh, in a responsible way, because obviously there's, there's gambling and then there's investing. There's a difference. And what I would tell people is look, look at the trend over a long period of time. You know, the stock, if this, if this, you know, thing that you're looking at is going up over the over the past five years, then it's probably going to do that over the next five years after that. And so what I tell people is people who don't necessarily have the time to look into specific companies and don't have the knowledge said, look into ETFs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a bit of a upside chaser. Like I don't, I don't necessarily recommend buying the spy or, you know, the NASDAQ or, you know, something so vague, like, Wow, that's like the, well, the SPI being the <laughs> index, the 500 largest uh, companies in um, by, by, by market cap in the, um, as a finance major, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, by market cap in the US, right? Yeah. yeah. What so I would say that's is, the SPI, SPY. Is pick an ETF, not a mutual fund, because usually they have higher fees. People don't necessarily know the difference, but he can ETF. It's called ETF. And do a little bit more effort and pick an ETF that actually isn't actually something that you believe in long-term. So mm-hmm. for instance, let's just think about it a bit. Like instead of just putting your money in the general market and then you'll probably just follow the economy. Like that's kind of boring. Might as well follow something that you care about and then you'll be more uh, inclined to look into it. So I'll give you an example. I'm really passionate about the environment. So find an ETF about the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, electricity, renewables, uh, 5G, like if you're obsessed with computers, technology, video games, there's ETFs for every single little yeah. niche that you are interested in. Just find what you like and yeah. invest. In. And part of finding something that you like is that you know it best, right? Compared to a lot of different industries. Like mm-hmm. I'm really big on media and entertainment and that, that whole industry. And I remember talking to Mark a few, I think it was like one or two years ago when I was just investing in robo-advisors because I didn't know much about the industry. And uh, the first thing I decided to go buy is Disney stock because I just love Disney and I love their product. So mm-hmm. it goes back to what you just said right there. If you know the industry, look further into it and there are ETFs for everything. So yeah. Yeah. yeah and you, you, you're the best insight. You have the best inside information. It's your circle of friends. It's your peer group. It's what you know. Exactly. Right. If Costa knows that the next Star Wars movie is going to be a banger, well, in that case, <laughs> you know, he's going to invest maybe a bit more in Disney and say, look, I think, I, you know, the, this is the director and this is the producer and this is the cast. I really, really think it's going to be a good movie and the stock's going to go up because of that, right? And something I would never be able to analyze because I don't have nearly the extent of knowledge that, that, that Costa has um, in movies. But, but, you know, that's, just, you know, that's something that you know more than other people. So you could leverage your knowledge you know, for, for, for the betterment of your portfolio. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So for people who really know nothing, I'd say stick with ETFs, Yeah. but maybe specific ETFs instead. You know, the beauty with an ETF is that you just put your money in there and you're investing in a pool of companies. And so if the whole pool goes up, then, you know, so then you're good, you're going to make money off of that. So that's kind of, that's kind of the advantage over investing over a specific company. Like, here's the thing about Disney maybe Disney is overvalued. Yeah. And if you're not in finance, you won't know that. Even though you know that the next yeah. Star Wars is going to be an excellent movie, it's going to, you know, blow up the box office. Well, 
maybe it won't even compare to whatever their market cap is. That's true. I can think of Tesla and a bunch of other things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. About that, it's because people are investing, uh, thinking about how the companies are going to perform 10 or 20 years down the line, right? And not necessarily how things might be right now or in, in even five years. So isn't yeah, that the point of investing? Isn't that the point? Is that you want it to, you're, you're, you're investing, you're putting your money somewhere so that a company could use it, could grow, and, and the value of it would be bigger in the future. So isn't investing part of what the value is going to be in five or 10 years? That, that is what investing is yeah. about. You're investing in the future. And you're, you're investing in, a good investment is something, is a good vision also. It's something mm -hmm. that will grow over time and, and do hopefully what you hope it will. And visionaries, people who hop on trends before they happen, that's when you can make a lot of money. And that's why I look <laughs> at uh, these small companies before they blow up. But yeah, the same goes for industries. Mm -hmm. So with yeah. that, I want to ask you, because uh, you do look at a lot of companies like that. And I asked this to a bunch of my connections on LinkedIn. And a lot of people had interesting uh, answers. But if you had $1,000 right now, and you're 21 or, you know, early 20s, late teens, where would you invest that money? Where would I Here's invest my money? Gosh. Yeah. Am I supposed to say one company? Answer it the way you want to answer it. Uh, okay. Well, based off of all of the knowledge that I have personally, if I had to put 1K and just look at it in 10 years, I'd either invest in like Jumia or CleanSpark. Those are like my babies. <laughs> but, okay. But, but this is not investing yeah. advice. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, make your own investment decisions. Do your own research, please. Yeah. Important. I'm just a dude on YouTube. Hashtag don't swim. <laughs> me, bro. Um, but yeah, and, and if, you're, if you're not someone who, who's as experienced and necessarily has done the, the, due deal, the good due diligence on that specific company, maybe consider investing in uh, an industry of the future, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, like robotics AI. or AI, like an ETF that kind of tracks that trend. I think I think that you know could also have a lot of positive impacts in the future. Exactly, you're you're guaranteed that the whole industry, the industry as a whole, is going to get picked up. And the beauty yeah. with ETFs is that they're always uh, they're always in movement as well. It's active, like they are managed. You know, uh, once uh, the 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 names inside of this come inside of this ETF, they get swapped every every year, and uh, and the, the winners are going to be at the top. Mm -hmm. undoubtedly so yeah it's a, it's a no, bit of a uh, strategy if you think about it actually yeah because it's professionally managed and and it's uh not act not as active maybe as a mutual fund but that's fine because you have the benefit of diversification so not having all your eggs in one basket and at the same time you get to reap the benefits of of the industry doing well and also a sector doing well but also individual stocks that, that, that do well you get to have the benefits but if other companies don't do as as well, in that case, you don't have you're not impacted as hard. I think that that's really the I think that's really the main takeaway with an ETF, and that's why I also believe in it. Um, I believe in them because it's good to invest in individual stocks if you have the time and you enjoy you know you enjoy doing it and you and you listen you know you and you listen to your peers and and you make your own decisions. But at the end of the day, that's not realistic for most people. And an ETF and where a lot you know with the where I also invest in. Because I believe in certain industries, but I don't have to, you know, I don't have necessarily the, you know, maybe the time or the interest to find which company is the, is, is the leader in this specific industry um, or, or find a pool of that, 
you know, don't, or necessarily don't have the time or the interest to find a pool of companies that do so. But I know that the industry itself is going to grow. So by doing an ETF, I have the possibility, the opportunity to reap the benefits without necessarily putting all, all, all the time and investment, investment in it. Exactly. And there is one more thing I would like to add. Is, yeah, go ahead. You know, you, uh, Costa, you'd asked the question previously, what would I invest in $1,000? And I said, Jumia CleanSpark. But ideally, you would split that $1,000 within a few different like, you know, if you want the ideal scenario is you, you split this between like a few stocks. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not a big proponent of concentrating all of your money into one stock. That's very risky. A lot of people yeah. tell me I'm going all in in this company. I'm like, <laughs> I like this company, but that much like, all of the, <laughs> you know, eh, my there's a risk. Factor, there's a lot of risk. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of risk. risk. And it can almost be borderline reckless. It is. Know? And my rule of thumb is less, it can't be more than 20% of your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Max, big max. Because if you take a hit, if you lose 50% of the value and that case, it's only 10% of your portfolio. So that's something that you could be able to make up in, in six months or a year or whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and mm-hmm. even if you are at 20% and your stock doubles, well, that's still very significant on your portfolio as a whole. It's true. You know? Yeah, diversification, that's the answer. And that's that is it's a trip to <laughs> at one shot exactly <laughs> yeah. uh Gosson, do we have time for one more question we're pushing on 40 40 minutes uh yeah i actually wanted to ask uh one final question i don't know if you have one mark we could finish it up with go, the, go maybe one or two questions but what is the number one thing you want people to to know about this world all together uh, like the one thing you want to leave people with if there has to be one thing, let's say every, everybody, like someone skipped to the end of this uh, podcast, what would it be? So one thing. Like a main, I guess like a main takeaway about, about finding. A main takeaway. Yeah. About this, maybe something, it's something you, 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 you talked about on your YouTube channel, or maybe it's something you've been thinking about. What's the one thing people should know, especially a student who's trying to learn a lot about uh, the business world and, you know, is, is open to financial literacy for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, consistency Putting on the spot. Like if I had to <laughs> say one word, I would say consistency. Um, consistency, and perhaps even rationality. But like, yeah, I don't know. That that was a bit of a curveball right there. But uh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. But that that's true. No consistency. You're you're right about that. You know, you whatever yeah. you do, you want to make sure it's consistent and and you believe in what you're doing and whether it be in in, edu- in your studies or in investing or whatever you do. I think that that's a really strong way of looking at it. Or even maybe curiosity, right? Like you just, you want to make the best decisions that you can in every single specific moment, you know, like based off of your capacity, your, your capability. And it doesn't need to be the same decision that like Ray Dalio would make, for instance, like your decision has to be like, all I'm trying to say is don't rush into things. Like if you, if there is a, if there's a company that you want to invest in, like take your time, look at it, you know, like there's no, you know, there's no rush. Like the company's not going to disappear. Um, stay curious, you know, uh, and uh, don't hesitate to ask for help because people are there to, you know, at the end of the day, finance, we're, we're all there to help each other. It's kind of a community. So if you have a, mm-hmm. 
anything, you could just DM me on Instagram. I'll probably probably answer you within 24 hours. <laughs> what a that, plug. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want to say something about that. That's so I love what you just said. It's um uh, it's opportunities always open up. Don't stress too much about the daily and what's happening on every day. Like, you know, it's it's easy to stress and be like, man, I wish this I was in this position right now, but you know, if you just work towards that position, you might be there in five or 10 years. And you know, that's something that really don't stress too much about the everyday long-term is the key. You know, what's the number one thing? I just realized what it is. Long-term CEO mindset. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle. You're right. You got it. (laughs) There's one thing I had to say would be that because honestly, like everyone I've seen this a lot during COVID is they live in a, in a short-term bubble, okay? All of the decisions, well, no, I'm, I'm doing a big generalization, but a lot of the decisions I see people making are very short-term oriented. But like, if you just, just think about five months from now, what, what are this, like, where do you want to be, you know? Why mm-hmm. are you unhappy in the position you are right now? You know, like, start acting today, like, break it down, you know, create yourself a timeline, do, do a one-year timeline, uh, break it down. What do you have to do during that year? Then take that timeline, break it down. Okay, in, in this first half of the year, I'll have to do this. In that half the, half the year, I, I can do that. This is realistic. Then you break it down every single month. And then you break it down every single week. And just go smaller and smaller and smaller. And what are, create actionable, uh, actionable, uh, what do you call them? actionable things that you could do actionable actions goals <laughs> or or uh like to, to, to do uh, in a way create actionable steps that you can yes. accomplish starting today you know even though mm-hmm. it's a long-term mindset you know there are things that we do that are not fun like i don't necessarily enjoy learning about uh depreciation amortization tables <laughs> it's just a specific thing you yeah (laughs) but like you do it with the long-term mindset you know that like okay well if you do this you you put your heart into it you know then it'll yield this result you know it's 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 a process life is always a a big process and i feel people they get overwhelmed by the short term but if you if you break down your goals into something like more actionable then sky's the limit and there is no better time to start than now. Compound interest. Exactly. I think that's wow. a I, beautiful way to nothing I could add more to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of rant. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's perfect. That, that was great. You, you left me speechless. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe just cut it to that last bit because. Uh, <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's perfect. The entire thing is going to be kept in. <laughs> no, but it's true. And you know, and it's where do you want to see yourself in the, in the next six months, in the next 12 months, 18 months. And, you know, COVID has, has sort of, curveball to everyone and everyone and i think it made us realize that we have to plan but we also have to be you know be lenient as well and be able to to move around and not be super strict in in our in our ideals but also have a certain directing line and a lot of students when they start university they they lack um and they they like this directing line and something that I, i i had trouble finding at the beginning but once i found that you know the purpose of studying and the person the purpose of going to the different clubs and different events really became apparent and that's because I had certain goals and I wanted to achieve them. And I think by setting yourself, you know, goals, actionable steps that you could take for your 12 month objectives, you could definitely do something, 
you could de- you could definitely make it happen. And you know, with the New Year right around the corner, it, there's no better time to start than now. Exactly. And don't be afraid to take risks. Like life is too short to have regrets. It's you true. only have one life. Especially at the young age right now that we are all in and a lot of our listeners are in. Yeah. Now is the time to take risks. Exactly. During your 20s, you know, like when you're 30, you know, you have a, you maybe have a house and then you'll have kids eventually. And like then maybe you'll have to take a lot more factors into consideration. But right now, like in your 20s, take risks. It's man. fine. Yeah. Yeah, you can all it doesn't matter like so do we all in in, in tesla calls do <laughs> 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 you have anything else to add no that's uh that's pretty much it uh um well actually one last thing where can people find you plug everything you want to plug right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm on every single platform that you can think of so i have youtube i have a twitter i have a tiktok it's not anywhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you look it up, maybe you'll be able to find it. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And eventually, I will be hosting a, uh, a Discord chat. So people will be able to, uh, to talk. Um, and I'll, like, it'll be basically a, a Discord chat where I tell people like my stock picks and uh, we can have a discussion and uh, yeah, start a community amazing it's great so people can find you alexandre leblanc on social media or five minutes or less uh, both work right yeah no just five minutes or less or el blanco finance so either one or Perfect. the other yeah awesome well right. with that i just want to let everyone know that this has been episode five of the money class podcast we had alexandre leblanc on our show and my name is costa I'm Mark. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you guys on episode six. Also, Merry Christmas to everyone. This was the Christmas special, as you can tell. Merry Christmas. Thank you guys so much for hosting me. It was an amazing time. Thank you for being here, Alex. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. This has been episode five of the Money Class Podcast. If you liked the episode, make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast. We release a new episode every week. See you next week. Bye-bye.